Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Voltron Legendary Defender, which we'll be getting into today. I'm Justin Cummings, and today I'm joined by Haley Neighbors. Hello. Today, Haley and I will be discussing uh, the Voltron show and begin the Blitz episodes 4 and 5 of Season 4 of Voltron Legendary Defender. We have so far covered every episode up to this point. You can find all our podcasts at overlyanimated.com or by searching Overly Animated on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, including my personal favorite, Stitcher. So let's get into it, Haley. These were two good episodes. These were two really good episodes. What did you... I'm biasing this already, but yes, disagree with me. What did you think of these episodes? <laughs> I agree. They were also very good. Uh, they were good episodes. I enjoyed them a lot. I thought that episode four of the Voltron show was very fun, and um, they were good for different reasons. I think that one was very fun, and it was interesting. We had a chance to check in with our, our heroes for a little bit and see them do all these wacky things and see them get out in the world. Um, and I thought that episode five, Begin the Blitz, was a really good setup for what is probably going to be a very good finale. Um, and seems it was really good. Cool action set pieces. And I really liked the Lotor uh, B plot that was really neat with his generals and the big betrayal that happened. Um, so all in all, some really good episodes to end off a, a pretty good season. Yeah, I, I really like this. And we talked a little bit before we started. We talked about how Five feels a lot like Day of Black Sun Part 1 from Avatar. It really does. Yeah, and so I'm hoping that Six feels like Part 2. I'm hoping we continue this. And uh, when when I compare shows to Avatar, that's not saying like, oh, they ripped off Avatar. That's like the highest praise I can give a show. It really is. comparing it to Avatar. Especially, you know, with the creators of the show being so heavily tied to that world, I think it... I think it's a lot of positive comparison, and... It's interesting seeing kind of the Avatar, I don't want to say tropes, but the Avatar formula applied in a sci-fi world. Mm-hmm. And I think it works really well, too, because it's, uh, even though they're redoing it, which may at first seem kind of, like, not very original, they're doing it in a neat new way, in a new, neat new setting. And I really like that storyline of Black Sun, where you have everyone getting together with all their allies and going in for this big battle, and then... It not working out in the end, but they made a little bit of headway and they got together um, and worked together as a team. So I think that's a very effective storytelling tactic and uh, like episode arc for a two-parter. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm happy to see it here. And, and what's really interesting, I didn't even think of this earlier when we were talking, but we thought Shiro was dead at one point. Just like we thought, like, the Fire Nation thought Aang was dead at one point. <laughs> and so it's, like, it's an even stronger comparison. And Voltron's show is really nightmare. It's a bit of nightmares and daydreams, a little bit of Ember Island players, you know, kind of. Not necessarily retelling, but there's a little bit of that. They're not, like, retelling the entire story so far. It's not like a clip show, but it kind of is. Yeah, it's like a jokey kind of version of the characters that we were used yeah. to. Yeah. I think that's also a thing where it shows that you know your characters at least decently well to be able to effectively kind of not make fun of them, but have them be more relaxed and vulnerable like that and um, kind of playing on your own show, uh, which they did, I think, successfully. I thought the the whole, especially the ice, like Voltron on ice bit was really Mm -hmm. funny. Um, Yeah. Yeah, if... 
if Ember Island players is a riff on clip shows, then this episode is a riff on Ember Island players. Yeah, pretty much. Like, pretty it's, much. it's that satire of, like, oh, it's the characters, but in a play, taken to the next level of, oh, it's the characters as themselves in a play about themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and they're I also, like, really going works. for it. They're not even the, – the, the initial bit of them in the veterans' hospital – that bit, they were they were not very enthusiastic. But once Karan and his ear uh, or brain bug creature uh, changed his personality so dramatically and really encouraged them a lot to be uh, the actors he knew they could be, they were going for it. They were fully committed to that role. <laughs> they they uh, they really liked the concept once they got into it, and I think um, yeah, I think it was a really cool idea. Um, it's rare that we get a Karan episode, and I thought this was a good Karan episode. Yeah, I think it was an effective way of using him in an episode like this, because he was definitely an important part of it. And I think they, to normally, normally, those characters, the paladin characters, are the ones who, like, the main conflict of the episode revolves around. Right. But in order to have them fulfill this role of being in the show, it's easier to have a different character outside of that performing group be having the conflict himself, even though the conflict was... I, I couldn't really tell if it was severe or not, because I wonder uh, how much damage the bug would have done in his brain, or it it kind of made some positive things happen initially, so yeah. it wasn't necessarily completely evil, but uh, It wasn't evil, it was just very single-minded, and it, uh, mm-hmm. it didn't see where the logical stopping point was, and it kind of pushed past logic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He just had to come up with new ideas and have them happen and everything like that, uh, which was quite interesting. And we also didn't talk about the amazing, uh, the uh, sheer amount of mall references that have happened this season, particularly in this episode with the, the haggling merchant coming back, which was quite uh, surprising. I was not expecting that. Right. Yeah, he was funny. Just, he's just like coming around the corner in his little wheelchair. <laughs> like, you're, you've returned. Another one. We had the cow last episode. Now you're back. Yeah. And, and I find it funny because I think that the last time we had Karan, like, character focused episode was the last time we were in the mall. It's like this haggler is the only way we get Karan <laughs> character spotlight. It probably so was. It's, like, it's yeah. like, I want you to come back more so that we get more Karan. Yeah. Like, yeah. It uh, brings out something in him, I guess. He is Karan's antithesis. I suppose, yeah. They are the they are the greatest rivalry in animation history. <laughs> forget Zuko and the Fire Lord. Forget uh, forget Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. It's all about Karan and the Haggler. Yeah, it's it's really a dynamic duo, and uh, we need more of it. I think I think he should just be a, a strange recurring character that just like appears out of nowhere during filler episodes that would be kind of funny if it was like a running a sneaky running gag is he better than the is he better than the cabbage salesman oh no no cabbage Uh, man forever and always it has my heart could he become better than cabbage man uh for nostalgia's sake no i think that always trumps it um but uh i think I think he he has potential to get there, but not necessarily. Do you, you think he will? Though. Do you think he'll ever make a cabbage reference? Seeing as this is similar creators, yeah, to Avatar, I would I would lose my mind if they did. That'd be so funny if they just any any remote 
mention of cabbage, be it from the haggler or like they're eating, I don't know, like cabbage food or something. That would be really funny just to throw that in there. So now that we're on this tangent, if any character in this show shouts, my cabbages, (laughs) who should it be? Hmm. Because I have my thought. I want to know if you're thinking what I'm thinking. I feel like Lance would do that. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It has to be Lance. If anyone randomly shouts, my cabbages, it has to be Lance. I think Lance would do it justice, do the line justice. But I think Hunk might actually be a more logical one because he likes food so much, you know? I think Hunk would, but Lance being the little quote machine he is, Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think Lance would, I think Lance's kind of eccentricity fits fits the line better. Yes. And Lance just looks like the character who would accidentally reference TV constantly. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so funny. Avatar has that lasting power that <laughs> however many hundreds of years in the future, it's still being quoted. <laughs> but for a hundred years, the cabbages vanish. Yes. Bum, bum, bum. That'd be awesome. The last cabbage. So the Haggler's back and the Haggler sets up this whole thing with Koran and the brain worm and makes him like a manager like a Vegas showman manager yeah yeah that was and I love that his accent changed and everything too yeah in that moment too where he was like starting to break free and he's Mm -hmm. spoke in one attitude and then totally morphed to the other one his normal one it was quite funny um yeah, no, that was really good. I think it was, it was, uh, I want to know where they came up with that idea, because I think it was very interesting, but kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> um, like, as a one-off filler episode, it worked well, though. It, it's um, a mix of two ideas. It's a mix of the whole, you become so famous and you get your ego bloated, like, you know, Fairly mm-hmm. Odd Parents did it a lot. Every show has done it where someone magically basically becomes an overnight sensation. I mean, it's the entire premise of iCarly. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> and they combined it. It's like, let's take that plot and mix it with war propaganda. It's like Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, Mockingjay. It's like that thing where it's like, yes, we, we're on Voltron's side. Like, I'm not saying that Voltron's in the wrong here. You know, I'm all for free people from the Gara regime. But what they're doing is war propaganda. Like, they're going and they're giving, they're giving mm-hmm. entertainment that's, politically motivated exactly exactly and and again i'm not saying they're in the wrong like they're on the wrong side but it's propaganda Mm -hmm. and i i just find that the mix of those two tropes really really interesting and i think it made for a really compelling episode because you have a real filler plot with the whole oh we magically became famous overnight and now we have to deal with like this big conflated ego that that's a filler plot and they mix that with a big thing of war propaganda that we kind of saw a bit in the first episode of the season mm-hmm. with the uh, the air show. Yep. And the result is an episode that's really hard to classify as filler. Yeah, especially because it, uh, it, I found that this episode helps support the next episode's um, coalition being so strong because right. it really explained why they... Uh, they have so much reach everywhere and that they're doing so well and have all these connections and are actually like everyone believes in them and everything. Um, right. Which was quite neat to have. I like that when there's a filler episode, but it actually kind of explains something in a very mm-hmm. plot heavy episode next time. Um, and it kind of, yeah. it kind of functioned as a montage of yeah. the coalition growing. Exactly. Which I think that I think they've handled the coalition thing very well. And I think it's led to a good point. And I think, 
that I'm happy with how they handle the coalition, and I accept that now, yes, we have this coalition. We can use the coalition now. Yeah, I do. I feel like we should find a different word, because in the episode and us talking, I feel like I've heard the word coalition so many times. <laughs> and also, they, they keep, in the show, they keep calling it the Voltron Coalition. I'm like, guys, you need an acronym for this. This is too long for you to say each time. But I wonder if they'll change the name or something. So, uh, after this episode, I'm going to officially call Dylan and see if he will change us to the Overly Animated Coalition. Mm, that would just be good. To, uh, just, just to mess with you now. Just um, for why not? Why not? Just so every every podcast I can be like, the Coalition. For It doesn't even have to be a Voltron cast. I just I want to say Coalition every episode now. Well, the podcast can be the Coalition of many different shows. It is. All coming together. <laughs> We're all, you know, ambassadors for our respective shows. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I, I think this is not um, overestimating ourselves at all, and I think it is not egotistical in the slightest. <laughs> that would be funny. That almost hurt to say. Um, so of the of the personas, which is your favorite? I my favorite one was Alora's uh, role as Keith because that seemed quite ah. strange to me. Um, Hot head <laughs> Keith, yes. Yeah, because Karan rationalized it by saying that um, everyone is going to just you know like they they just love Keith so much and they're gonna get all frazzled if it's not Keith. But I feel like they would have the crowd would have noticed first visually that that is not Keith. Rather than just by name, instead. <laughs> so I thought now, that was now, do you funny. think that was do you think that was a jab at the fandom, perhaps, or I I don't I think that was them the the writers just being like, okay, Quran has this thing in his brain. What sort of wacky things is he gonna do? And that that would be good. <laughs> mm, that was just what came of it. Yeah, I think so. Honestly, yeah. honestly. I mean, it was funny. It was, it was really funny. I'm. I am personally quite the fan of Loverboy Lance because I don't think he had to try too hard. No, not really. No, that came pretty naturally to him. And what's funny is, yeah, they seem like pretty one-dimensional, but this is kind of what the characters were like in episode one. Oh, completely. And yeah. I think what I like about this whole thing is it's showing, like, look how far they've come. Mm-hmm. You don't like seeing them pigeonholed. Hey, pidge. Um, <laughs> you don't like seeing them pigeonholed into these one-dimensional stereotypes well, that's where they were when they started. Look how much they've grown. Look how much they've changed that their episode one personification feels uncomfortable and awkward now. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious, too, where because Pidge was like science whiz Pidge or something. Mm-hmm. And oh, Karen, as the uh, the voiceover guy, was kept saying that she like defeated them with science and defeated them with math and everything. <laughs> like, OK, thanks, Karen. Just some math equations for you. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And she couldn't get it over just not saying the names of all the scientific terms correctly. And what's hilarious is if you listen to the last episode last episode of our podcast, because continuity, uh, we had our special segment science stuff with Jeff and Andy, where Jeff and Andy just spout, spouted science stuff because I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> and I always – it's a highlight of my day whenever they – because both of them will come to this podcast with just random – facts about science especially with voltron because it's mostly this is wrong and here's why and so you know coming off of i'm used to when we do voltron podcast talking ad nauseum 
this science was wrong, this science was wrong, this is not a thing, this is not a thing, this is not a thing. And then to see Pidge in show go, I don't want to say fake science terms. I think yeah. I laughed harder than I should have. That was just good. because, like, Pidge, I feel you right now. Mm-hmm, exactly, like, exactly. This is what our life is. Yeah, it also, me not, unfortunately, having, like, a physics degree or anything, but it seems like that kind of shows to me that the writers are actually then considering real scientific terms most of the time. <laughs> If they don't want her to be saying, like, made-up ones all the time, they're probably using real ones. Kind of, sort of. It seems like listening to other people on the podcast who actually know science, it seems like Mm. they're kind of – they stretch it a little bit. Um, They use the right terms in the wrong context. A lot of it is – it's like that maybe could theoretically possibly happen, maybe, but probably not. Like the odds of that are so infinitely small. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think the last episode we got into uh, gravitational fields and the asteroids, and it's like, no, this is just incorrect. The words were <laughs> proper happened. words coming out of their mouths. They were just in the wrong order and about the wrong thing. Which Pidge would not stand for normally. Had she known. No, Pidge would, Pidge would have a fit. I want I want just a fourth wall breaking thing where Pidge is just like, none of this is right! None of this makes sense! <laughs> that would be good if she did that when, if, if uh, she had gone into the asteroid and just started ranting. Or even better, um, completely reverse it and get meta as all get out. They go to a different reality, and it's our reality. Mm, and, and it's, it's just be like, "What's a minute? What's a second? These made-up <laughs> words." That'd be awesome. If like, only they I, would do that. I I feel like they would. I they feel could. like they they've would. shown alternate realities before, so they have. Like anything's possible. Okay, like okay, they gave us the original Black Paladin or Blue. Pal- they gave us the original character. They gave us Sven. From the original Voltron, like, they're willing to be meta. They're willing to do things like that. Yeah. I, I really want them to go to our world now. Not, they don't have to, like, spend a lot of time there. I'm not saying a whole season in the real world. I just want them to be, like, reality hopping and stop in ours for, like, ten seconds, make a joke, move on. That would be I, – I would definitely go for that. I, I can totally mm-hmm. see that happening. Because it would just mess with us, you know? Because we assume that they start off on Earth, that they're in our reality, but maybe not. That's thrown into question yeah. now. But we have ticks and all that, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, I, I want them to play with it. I want them to have a little bit of fun every now and again. Yeah, I can see them do that. Well, they had this whole episode. This whole episode was fun. Oh, this whole episode was fantastic. Like, we even went back to the mall. Like yes. A classic I, set piece in Voltron. <laughs> I would argue the greatest set piece in Voltron. It seems to have become that. Like <laughs> at first, oh. it just seemed like a one-off episode. Well, last season that was kind of the the one-off comic relief episode was in the mall, but um, so it, it's only natural that some of those pieces would return. All, and they would all do dramatic I want poses. now. Yeah, yeah. All the dramatic- I want now. <laughs> I want the mall cop back. Yes. And I want the restaurant where Hunk worked at at back. I think both are uh, completely legitimate and possible uh, uh, opportunities in the future. <laughs> I would be so happy to see either of those two things return and anything else from the mall. Truly, the mall is just a pinnacle of Ultron comedy. It really is. I think that Hunk's um, 
I, I wish that Hunk's Kitchen thing had made a debut, like, during their big dramatic performance when they're really kicking into gear and are doing dramatic poses and everything this episode um, at the mall, if Hunk's chef had just come out <laughs> just in the background. Maybe he's in the crowd. You never know. We, could, we should analyze, see what, who's back there. I will check Tumblr, and if I find something, I will update in the comments. So Please do. Check, check if you're listening in iTunes or YouTube. Check the website. See if I've commented with updates on um, background image analysis, courtesy of Tumblr. <laughs> it's one of the best places to look for it. Because if you're gonna find analysis of characters in a background, it's on Tumblr. Yes, it is. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So you ready to talk about begin the blitz? Sure. All right. yeah. I love this episode. Same. Same. It's just a great episode. So. Let's make sure I got this plan right. So, Galra have two massive cannons, like Death Star-level cannons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blade of Momoro is going to take out one. Our regular Coalition people are going to take out the other. Voltron's going to head in after we knock out this communication station. Take this main planet that will let them take the whole sector and take a third of the Galra Empire. That's pretty much the plan, essentially. The plan. In a the nutshell. Plan. It just happened get, like that. <laughs> we get everyone back. Um, Pidge's little robot friend, the people, the um, the the one that the rock people that Hunk liked. Mm-hmm. They come back. Everyone's back. Like it's just Voltron it's greatest Flex. hits. It's Dan Flax on part one, where every few seconds it's like, "Hello, old acquaintance. Hello, old acquaintance." <laughs> uh, quickly throw something at a plot line real quick for two seconds. Hello, old acquaintance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I really like some of the new characters that showed up, like the one I forget her name, but she's the captain, um, the main captain with the coalition like, mm-hmm. Rogue One starfighter. She's fantastic. She was it's very like cool. Star Fox mixed with. Uh, Jenner, so it's just fantastic. Yeah. Like I, I feel like time. she'll come back because she mm-hmm. was named a couple times. I just can't remember her name, but she was named a few times and she survived. So you know what she reminded me of? Who? Remember the season three finale of Korra, mm-hmm. where we're all just kind of chilling, and someone goes, "Oh yes, who Vera? Your bravery was commendable," and we're all just kind of like. Why did she get a name? And that like really long pause in on her face. That was and so we're all kind of like, who that? Yeah. And Why then, are we focusing on her for two mi- two seconds here? And the answer is that is main antagonist. Yeah, here they come. Yeah, it'd be so cool. I, I, I definitely and considering it's the same people exactly. like making this, I'm like, okay. I, I understand how you introduce characters now. You give us a brief cameo, and then they become important. I get this concept. Mm-hmm. It'd be neat, I'm, too, because we have a lot of characters. Um, like We don't have many like super alien characters like she is, where she's some sort of dog-cat kind of thing. Um, that's a part of the team. Like, they're also mostly lacking humanoid. females. Yes, so, we're very lacking in females. Females are always welcome. I mean, yes. we're, we're definitely lacking in that department. I mean, if if the generals end up with Voltron, then you know that fixes that a little bit. But mm-hmm. until then, we we're lacking in the female department. We have Alora and Pidge, and that's that's Great it. Chip. Yeah, because I I think that as as a theory with that B plot, which I thought was really good, that whole Lotor. <laughs> Um, B plot because I I love Lotor and his gang and I really want like the whole show like tons of scenes to be about them because they were so good um, but I think that was done really well with them double crossing him 
but not even double cross. Well, I guess betraying him, but he killed their friend, so like it was pretty justified at that point um, to stun him and capture him. Uh, so I really enjoyed that, but I feel like at the end of that scene, when Aksha was flying off with everyone, and she was, like, they were like, oh, we, well, we can't go to the Galra now, and we lost our bargaining chip, what do we do? And she said something about, um, like, oh, we, I, I know where we'll go, or whatever. I think she's talking about Voltron, and teaming up with them, and she'll come, and they'll come with more information, and then, like, I kind hope. of team up. Yeah, that'll be really neat. I think that'll probably happen next episode. I don't see why not. I mean, we basically have Azula, May, and Ty Lee at the moment. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and exactly. I love it. Like, I truly, truly love it. It's a, it's a great plot. And I think going back to like the original Planet of the Galra and the reveal that like Lotor knows his mother was Altaian. He mm-hmm. may not know she's Hagar, but she, he knows she's Altaian, so he knows he's half Altaian. Yeah, that throwaway line like messed me up for a second where he's just mm-hmm. just casually mentions that his mom is a nerva and that that was her like science experiment area so a he knows his mom was not galrin that she was altan and she knows her name and he apparently i guess knows all about at least the base layer probably of what happened there with like the quintessence and the studies they were doing and everything um, mm-hmm. so that was really neat, but I don't think that he knows that Hagar is his mom. I don't think he knows that. Yeah. I, so much family drama, like a lot of family drama. And, and this was in the original Voltron, like this family drama. Cause in the show, in the original Lotor was son of Hagar and uh, Zarkon. Does he know but, that Hagar is his mom throughout the whole thing? Ah, uh, I haven't seen every episode of the original, so I'm not entirely sure. But it's, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's not I'm as like sure. dramatic a secret kind of thing, right? Yeah, they they, it's not as important in the line. Um, because yeah. the important Lotor plot in that show is his stalking obsession with Princess Alora and <laughs> trying to force her to marry him, and it's really creepy. And keep it away from my legendary defender. Yes, he went the other direction, so that's good. <laughs> the other direction into space, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that'll be uh, that'll be good. Oh, and yeah. so every I, I cringe every time people are like, I can't wait for Lotor to meet the Paladins of Voltron, and I'm like, me too. Like, I want to see Lotor and Shiro. I want to see Lotor and Keith interact. I want to see like Lotor and Han. I want to see this. I Not never Allura. want Lotor to speak to Alora. I'm sure it would be interesting, and I'm sure these writers would handle it well. But I am too terrified that the moment they meet, we're going that plot, and I don't want that to happen. And so I'm like, just. Keep them on other sides of the galaxy. Like, he can meet Voltron with Alora, like, <laughs> off somewhere else, but they cannot meet because I've seen what happens when they do. I think I'm, they will meet. They have, have to faith. meet. They've got to meet. I have faith that it would be handled better. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I, I don't... You're mildly scarred from the past. <laughs> <I'm scared>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I... I uh... I probably, because we, we're halfway through the approved run of episodes, so mm. we, we still have, what is it, like, 39 more episodes? 39 episodes. Left. So, yeah, yeah, earlier we were speculating, like, how many seasons. Uh, I know you said it might be seven I when we were talking seven, earlier, but, and yeah. it could be. If they do, they if, they don't up, do another, right? if they don't do another split and they do 13, 13, 13, mm-hmm. it, it would be seven seasons. Oh, then that might be why I was thinking that. Like, it, 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 seven's a conceivable number, knowing how much is left. 
Yeah. Seven's a conceivable production number. Mm-hmm. Seven might not be the actual airing number, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because this is kind of like, this kind is of the back season of three. three, but it's four, so it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, at the end of the day, I think the episode count matters more to us in terms of like figuring out story arcs rather than the seasons. Like that's just how it releases and we can't yeah. do anything to change that. Because if Netflix was like, there's three more seasons, we would be like, we might no. be like, so is there 39 episodes left or is there like 20 episodes left? Yeah. Yeah. That would be scary. But um, yeah, 39 mm-hmm. left. So we're, and it's crazy to think that like all this has happened, like, and we're halfway. Mm-hmm. We're halfway through like I'm assuming that they're ending a 78 because I feel like they would 78 22 minute plot driven episodes is a lot. Yeah, that's like, a lot of episodes. And also considering that the first season was it did have plot. It definitely had a plot, but mm-hmm. it was kind of like introducing us to the characters, getting them comfortable in their roles, and then now we're really getting into like forward momentum. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be really neat to see what they can do with Essentially the same amount of time that we've had already, but without having to spend so much time introducing main characters. So we'll be able right. to do a lot. Like, Avatar was only 61 episodes. Core is less than that. And those are kind of our other big 22-minute plot-driven ep- plot driven shows that don't have a lot of filler. Oh, imagine if Korra or Avatar had this many episodes. That oh, would be amazing. Goodness. If only See, Netflix was as prominent and around when they were, like, able to pick them up like this. That'd be amazing. I mean, Korra, unfortunately, They're always stuck streamed with when streaming was not quite what it is yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it'd be so good. And I wonder if Nick would even... I don't even know if they could have a partnership like DreamWorks does with Netflix, but... Um, no. I really They tried, <laughs> and then look what happened to Ladybug. Um. Yeah, that, that was a mess. And yeah. it, it's so, it's weird to think about, you know, you bring up streaming. I remember, the first time I remember a show being online only that started on TV was Code Lyoko. And so when everyone was like, I hate to say whining, but I'm bitter, so whining about Korra <laughs> being moved to online only. I'm sitting here like, yeah, I had to watch the last few episodes of Code Lyoko streaming in 2007 mm-hmm. when streaming HD was a joke. Yeah. Gotta um, wait half an hour for it to buffer, and then you can go from there. Exactly, exactly. Like, streaming on Cartoon Network's website in 2007 was, it was a joke. And so to see how airing online went from being a death a death sentence to now, like, the premier way to air shows. Like, Voltron's doing that. Ladybug, um, it doesn't drop a whole season at a time but ruby mm-hmm. just to see where we've come in a decade is exactly. just nuts it's pretty amazing and it's making good content too like these this mm-hmm. finale and these episodes are really strong high quality episodes and they're streaming which is really amazing yeah it's pretty good it's crazy because voltron's online only and you go to like toys r us and there's a boatload of voltron toys oh yeah like <laughs> there there's well, it's they have a lot of merchandise and stuff, which for a streaming-only show is so surprising. And I think it just shows kind of how good this show is and how well it's done. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I feel like it's just been getting better and better. Like, these, like thinking back over the last 
or the beginning half of this, if you want to call it a season, and then this mm-hmm. iteration of it as well. Like none of the episodes were bad. I don't think so. I yeah, think they were really no, good. It's... And I feel it, and that's maybe speaking too soon because we haven't seen episode six and everyone's laughing at us for that. But they, I think uh, the next episode is going to be really good too. Yeah, I have I have strong hope that it will be a good episode. Like, I doubt it's going to be awful. No. It might be... It has a lot to live up to. It, it does. may not be everything we're hoping and begging for, <laughs> but I think it's going to be a good episode nevertheless. I think it's going to be a strong episode. Yeah, I think it's going to introduce some really neat plot points that we've been kind of building towards, and they're going to start being kicked into gear with this episode, too. So let's do a little speculation on next episode. Sounds good. Do you think we're going to get Keith Shiro confrontation? I think so. Partially okay. uh, because of a couple factors. One of them being that you guys mentioned this in, I think it was the last podcast, and I noticed it myself today, where the Netflix like title card thing that appears at the top is... Shiro on one side and Keith on the other and they're all divided down the middle and everything. That is (laughs) making me very suspicious that something is coming between the two of them. Because if that is in the show, we have not seen it and it's in the finale, which means there's a Shiro-Keith confrontation. If it was made specifically as the title card, why would they go through that effort if it doesn't have any payoff? Exactly. It seems very strange. And so it definitely feels like there has to be Shiro-Keith confrontation next episode. I think so, and especially because I'm in the camp, like many of us are, that Shiro is like a sleeper agent clone thing, mm-hmm. that he's, he's not the Shiro that we know, right? Um, right. So I think that that's going to come into play the next episode, especially because the episode title for next episode is A New Defender, which is yeah. very suspicious. And it's strange. like if Keith was coming back, it'd be like Return of the Defender, but it's not. It's a new Defender. Exactly. So I don't know what that means, but Karan becomes a paladin. <laughs> that if is it. Only the bug gave him magical powers or something like that. He's now he is Altaian. He is Altaian. Exactly. So that's already pretty impressive. But hashtag Sloth becomes a paladin. Oh, if only. If only. Dylan would literally spend two hours just gloating about Slav being a paladin. (laughs) Like, I would get up up from the podcast, leave, eat dinner, take a shower, come back, nap, get back on my microphone, and then Dylan would say, so what do you think about Slav? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, I say say that with a lot of people listening. Don't let that happen. Oh, that'd be horrible. <laughs> please, please, no Paladin Slav next episode. No. I'm not ready yet. I'm not no. prepared. Yeah, I think the new Defender is probably either talking about... Maybe it's just talking about Keith returning for some reason, but I don't think so. I think that would be a weird mm-hmm. thing. And I, I think that Keith... I feel like Keith is not going to become Paladin again for a little bit. I just... Because it... It was only a couple episodes ago that he left, right? And he's had right. so much character time that it seems strange to just be like, oh, okay, he's back in the lion. Um, but if something like Shiro going rogue or whatever, or like being switched on is um, happening, then maybe that happens. I don't know. Or maybe it's also talking about uh, my theory that the generals are probably heading to Voltron. So maybe... Because they have the other ship, one of the two ships that Lotor has been working on with the Comet, 
maybe they are going to come and assist in the battle at this planet as well. Right. My theory, um, I know whenever we talk about like Shiro's not the real Shiro, it kind of gives off the idea that like he's malicious. Mm-hmm. My thing is, he's not. He doesn't know. He's no. probably a sleeper cell. It's probably what I'm hoping for is a Young Justice season two kind of thing where you have a character who turned out to be a sleeper agent and they're a clone. And then the next season we see Shiro either off on his own trying to do good on his own, knowing he doesn't belong with Voltron, or he searches for the real Shiro. I think that would be really neat. And especially because I, think- I, I agree. I don't think that um, as long as he's not in like his attack mode or whatever, he seems like he genuinely believes that he is Shiro and has all the same memories and everything. And we saw in um, whatever episode that was where he is escaping and being woken up and everything that he he wasn't putting on an act for anyone who's legitimately believed that he was Shiro and was searching for his family. So it's not like he's anything malicious is happening, but we'll see. I don't know. Maybe, oh, maybe it is just theory about how he may, the sleeper cell may be turned on or something. Is that Mm -hmm. Zarkon, because we haven't seen Zarkon in uh, this battle really that's been starting, so he'll probably show up next episode, I would imagine. Um, maybe he, uh, like, they're losing on this planet, and he's like, okay, guys, time to activate Shiro clone, and then they do something, and then it messes up. Because mm-hmm. that would mimic, um, not the same scenario, obviously, because there's no, like, firebenders or eclipse or anything, but the same thing where they get really close at the end of Day of Black Sun, but they don't win. You know? Oh, like Clone Sokka. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That, and, that was a memorable plot. <laughs> yeah, but just to be able to have an episode like the Black Sun story arc, mm-hmm. where you, it seems like you're going to win, and they're doing really well, and they've got all these successes, and then it fails at the end. Thematically similar, like not necessarily not content s- similar. No, not at all content what? similar. This one is in space, first of if all. We are in space. <laughs> There's a giant robot. Yeah, but the same kind of like story arc where they're not going to end this episode all happy and go lucky, but No, I don't yeah. I don't name one happy Voltron season finale. <laughs> <laughs> Shiro basically died last season, so anything's yeah. possible. But like... I think that he's not going to be gone at the end of this episode. Because I feel like that would just be like a rehash from the end of the uh, season two, where it's like, where did Shiro go? He's gone. That would be weird. So I think they're going to have him and just have him in like like a jail cell on the on the castle or something like that, you right. know. So he's he's contained, and then next season we can get into that personal moment with Shiro and the team, aside from the big conflict that's happening throughout the galaxy as well. Yeah, I'm not going to keep you from this finale anymore because I really want to go watch this too. <laughs> um, I'm sure everyone's already seen it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, for sure you're like the only two people who haven't seen this finale yet. I, I've been trying to stay off Tumblr to avoid spoilers. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us. You can find all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. Join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. There are two Voltron channels. There is a non-spoiler one that's keeping up with the podcast, and there's a spoiler one. So whether or not you're listening with us or laughing at us because we're behind and have no clue what's happening, uh, there is a place for you on our Discord to hang out with us. Uh, you can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, 
Catron, aka Patron Catron. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Andy. We have so much happening. We are hitting kind of the main fall season. We have Ruby coverage. We have more Volcon coverage. Ladybug coverage starts in a couple of weeks. And then right after that, we have Star coverage. So much coverage. Just so much happening. Uh, stay tuned to Overly Animated for all of that. And thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.